Welcome to Legacy Therapy, the podcast that will teach you, in bite-sized chunks, how to leave a stress-free legacy so loved ones can focus on people, not paperwork, when you become ill or pass away. Here is your host and financial advocate, Stacy golden Lisnock. Hello, and welcome to Legacy Therapy, Planning Techniques for a Stress-Free Legacy. This is Stacey Golden-Lisnock, your financial advocate, and today I have with me a special guest, Sherilyn Peters. And Sherilyn is the owner of Pack My Parents. They specialize in downsizing and move management, typically for seniors that are moving into a smaller place or helping the adult children when a parent passes away. So one of the models that they like to say is that when you need more than a guy and a truck, uh, call Pack My Parents because it's a it's a bunch of ladies that know how to pack and sort through stuff. Is that about right, Sherilyn? Sounds good. Yes, definitely. Well, it's very ne- necessary for sure, the service that you provide. How did you get started in that business? Well, as most of us in this, uh, the senior industry, we get started because of our own families. Mm. And um, my first unofficial client was my aunt. Uh, She was taking care of her uh, 80-year-old brother. She was 86, taking care of her 80-year-old brother with dementia. Mm. And her best friend gave me a call and said, you need to come and help them come see how they're living. And I delayed a little bit because I was busy with my other aunt. And um, my uncle passed away while I was driving to Escondido on my way down there. And so the next several months, I spent back and forth between my home in Fountain Valley to Escondido to stay with my aunt for a week or so until we got tired of each other and uh, help her with uh, downsizing her brother's things and uh, get her ready to move in with her son in another state. Oh, boy. So that's kind of how I fell into this. And I'm also uh, living it now because my mother now has Alzheimer's and um, my sister uh, has breast cancer. She's surviving it and uh, doing well. And my dad's getting ready for a uh, heart valve replacement. So I'm the one holding the family together at the moment. (laughs) And all this in the midst of a pandemic. Great. All this in the midst of a pandemic. Exactly. So we we do what we got to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you find uh, typically? I I mean, people downsizing, I think, is really smart. I know my mom did it. She um, she moved from a regular, you know, house in. um, uh, Gosh, this was back in the in the 90s. But she moved from like a house full of stuff in a garage full of stuff to uh, leisure world where, you know, you have like a bungalow. I mean, it was like a little two bedroom, almost like an apartment, but it was a standalone thing. And um, she was real proud of herself that she was doing it for us because she knew that if she didn't do it, we'd be stuck doing it. And there was just so much that needed to get gone. Right. Um, Right. How do you, how do you know, do people tell you what they want to keep or what they want to bring? Or do you, sometimes they leave it up to you. How does that work on the downsizing? It's a little of both. Some people really want to be involved Mm -hmm. in the decisions. 
others just don't don't care about what it is it's uh it's it's the whole spectrum of uh some of the some of them want to be involved with every decision Mm -hmm. uh i had one lady who um we would go through her closet she and i went through her closet together and i said okay fashion show and uh she would uh try on outfits that she hadn't worn in a while and decide if she wanted to uh, keep them or not. And after a while, she got to where she, she says, you know my uh, style by now, and I'm gonna go take a nap, you finish. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> so one that started off as wanting to be completely involved with every little decision yeah. turned out to be here, you finish up, you know. Right, you, you she just had to get idea. comfortable with the idea probably, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think there becomes a, there's a point, and I mean, I think I'm actually even getting there, believe it or not, where it's like, you know, it's like you're not that attached anymore. It's like there's things that you keep in your closet forever, you don't wear them, and then you yeah. finally just say, I don't need it here. I don't wear it. I don't need it. You don't miss it. Good riddance. And so, part of our uh, method of helping people downsize is giving them options other than I'll have a junk car come in and take it to the dump or right. we're going to put a dumpster in your, in your yeah. driveway. That makes, that's scary bad. to everybody. Yeah. That's, that's, there's things that they've been saving for decades often mm -hmm. and you're just telling them throw it in the trash. Mm -hmm. They don't appreciate that. No. So um, our method is more, um, we find an appropriate place to, give them to even the uh, ratty towels and blankets that maybe have a little bit of a, a ratty edge to them mm -hmm. that will take to uh, an animal shelter. Great. So every little uh, pet has a, um, a snuggly in their crate. Yeah. So that's an important thing for people to know that their stuff isn't just being thrown away. It's being used again. And that mm -hmm. makes them feel much better about releasing it yeah i agree i agree i know they're always at they always do need the they're always asking for towels and blankets um, exactly. at the shelters for sure um and and everything does have there's people that could use what you have just because you're not using it that's true um and i do agree that it isn't the dumpster the dumpster makes it sound like oh all my stuff is garbage and yes. it just that doesn't go over well so yeah. So when you have um, a death and you have a family that gets a hold of you, what, how does that work generally? Uh, I'm probably the spectrum too, but I mean, what are some examples of how that would work? Absolutely. Well, often it is one of the couple, maybe, and well, statistically, the, uh, the men tend to pass away first. Mm. So very often it's uh, the adult children um, contact me and say, hey, my dad just passed away mom's having to move into assisted living because she can't handle the house by herself and can you come help there's 60 years of stuff in this house mm. <laughs> yeah. so that's um that's one way sometimes it's the surviving uh spouse has already that the other spouse has already passed maybe years back and they're um still working on um, clearing out the, out the house, or they even uh, 
already moved to someplace smaller and are needing to move again for various reasons. Usually they're related to health. Mm, yeah, yeah. So are you finding um, the people, most people like have a garage full of stuff and then they can't take pretty much any of it with because the new place doesn't have a garage. That's what happened to my mom. Yes, that mm-hmm. happens a lot. It's mm-hmm. a garage full, a house full, mm-hmm. a, a, a shed, a storage unit, um, sometimes all of the above. Mm-hmm. Um, and myself and my ladies, we're not afraid of even the hoarding situations. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to fully admit my parents are hoarders themselves. Mm. And I'm dealing with that very gradually because uh, of my mom's Alzheimer's. She does not remember what is hers versus uh, literally stuff she picked up off the side of the road. Um, (laughs) And uh, so she wants to keep everything, Mm. including what most of us would consider trash or recycling. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be very careful about it and very um, slow about it. Otherwise, it distresses her. Right. So, uh, yeah. and I like to say, um, I'm not afraid of the dust bunnies under the bed. I know they reproduce under there, and <laughs> but I have a Roomba uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that will get under the bed and, and clean them out. So it's, everybody's experience is different. We have people from all spectrums, from the, the messy hoarders all the way up to the very neat and tidy and precise um, type of people. And my ladies are great at, at working with all, all different types. Mm, that's great. So, you know, my, my business is helping people to be organized to the point where they have all of their important documents and necessary items like together so that if they should become ill or pass away that the family can access it. So what do you find, um, the paper stuff. I mean, not everything that I do is paper, although some of it gets put on paper, like your wishes and who you would like to be notified if you passed away and things like, like that. But generally, are you finding that people's uh, paper, important paperwork um, is like everywhere or or, are people a little more organized than that? It, it depends on the person. Um, some people are very organized when it comes to their paperwork and not so organized when it comes to the stuff mm-hmm. and vice versa. Um, the generation that we deal with, mostly people in their 80s and up, mm-hmm. um, were usually very organized about their important paperwork. Mm, that's good. So mm-hmm. that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But um, that's not for, that's not everybody. Right. <laughs> when we get into the baby boomers, they're not always quite the, uh, quite as, uh, focused on what would be considered the important paperwork. Um, mm. uh, had one lady in her nineties, she says, I never had children, don't have anybody but nieces and nephews and stuff now. And she's, oh, well, this death certificate from my aunt who I, I've been keeping, she's long dead. I don't need it anymore. And I said, mm, it's a death certificate. You know, you really, you need to keep those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we put it in your document safe? And she's, no, you know, I'll, 
oh, okay, I'll take care of it. And she stuffs it in her, in her sweater pocket. A few months later, I get uh, notified that she has passed away and her niece is looking for that death certificate because mm -hmm. it was um, a situation of who was the trustee and how the successor trustees and all that. And if she had had that death certificate, it would have been a very easy transition for her to become the successor trustee. Mm -hmm. But because her aunt decided that that was not important anymore, I said, check her sweater pocket, mm -hmm. <laughs> check the document safe. And she didn't find it. So she ended up having to go through uh, legal means to have to yeah. get that successor trustee uh, status. Right. Yeah. That would have been easy if she had just had that one document. So right. they're important. And right. even when sometimes the, the person that's in charge of them doesn't think they are. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, there's a lot of stuff that people think is important. And, oh, I need to keep my tax returns for the last uh, 20 years. No. Yeah. Yeah. You don't. <laughs> right. Right. So what what is your rules on that? Like, do you help people to... Um, like do shredding piles and things like that? Like, do you, do you help them with that? Yes. Yes, we do that. I generally will bring them a, a list from the AICPA of document uh, retention rules mm -hmm. that, that show both personal and business. Cause some people still have some business uh, documents in their home and how long they need to keep them for and them seeing it from the CPA uh, organization mm -hmm. shows them, oh, this is official. I can believe this, that right. these types of things need to be kept forever. These types of things I only need to keep for seven years, right. et cetera. And then uh, sometimes if it's just a little bit of shredding and they don't mind, I'll take it home and shred it in, in my shredder. Or if they prefer, I can bring my shredder to their home. Uh, or if there's lots, we have a mobile shredding company that we recommend that will mm -hmm. come with their truck to the home and uh, shred it right there in front of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've been helping clients with that too um, because people, you know, they're getting, when they're doing work uh, like, like what I'm doing, where you're trying to get everything together and organize you, what I, what I really encourage them to do is get rid of the things that are just going to confuse the issue. Like if it's no longer an active insurance policy, as an example, then get, get rid of it because now that that just saves them having to research and call and then find out that it's not active or things like that, where it just creates extra work Absolutely. Um, down the road. Do you, do you find people have a lot of like old electronics and things like that laying around? I know maybe oh, not yeah. because of your, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. I always have a, a, a pile going to e-waste uh, that involves my some of my things, some of my parents' things, some of my clients' things. And then when I, when I get enough, I'll drive it down to, to e-waste. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I just thought, you know, one of these things is sometimes you have old um, laptops or old phone, you have things that don't work right. and then you just hang on to them. And then, so rather than somebody having to go down that road and discover it doesn't work or figure out if it works or, what's saved on there because some things have like very sensitive information you know right. you want to you want to have done that in advance but well, there's for, some for computers what mm -hmm. i 
generally recommend is if they don't want to spend the money to get the official wipe the hard drive, which most a lot of people don't. Right. I said, okay, I'll take the hard drive out of your computer mm -hmm. and um, have my husband uh, take his uh, sledgehammer mm. and break it. Right. Physically break it so they so it can't be read easily. And a lot of my clients are more than happy to have that done because it's a lot cheaper than having the uh, the official wipe. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I bet you're pretty handy. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I I come from a, a do-it-yourselfer daddy. Yeah. And uh, I was his helper. So yes, um, quite handy. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So um, when people want to find you, how is it that they can find you? Is this, is this, a, is this kind of like a niche kind of industry? Cause I really hadn't heard of it where people come and actually pack up your place for you and declutter. It is very you. much a, a niche. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't have a lot of competition mm -hmm. and the competition I do have, and uh, we've become friends mm -hmm. <laughs> because mm -hmm. there's, there's not too many of us out there. Mm. But the, the need for it is only going to increase as the baby boomers start retiring and um, start wanting to perhaps move into those wonderful um, assisted living or senior living places that are pretty much resorts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Where there's right. more and more um, need for that. So, yeah, we, um, we have a website, email address, phone number, all of that. Um, you want to give it? Go ahead and give sure. it, and then we'll we'll put it in the show notes as well. But it, that's where we're going to get it from, as you tell sure. us right now. Well, it's www.packmyparents.com. And, and it's not spelled any kind of special way. It's just not nope, just my like parents. my shirt. Packmyparents.com. Okay. okay, good. And uh, a good email address is info at packmyparents.com. Okay. Or the phone number is 714-388-6304. So that and brings up the time you'll get me. <laughs> well, that brings up a question. So now how far will you travel? Because you said you're located in like Orange County in California. Yep. So people could be listening to this somewhere else. So if obviously you can't physically go there. They could, they could probably just Google a packing comp or what, what would you call yourself? Like how do people find you? Uh, well, the, the general category is um, senior move manager. Okay. And we have a, um, a professional association called NASM national association of senior and specialty move managers. NASMM. Wow. Okay. And uh, there's a zip code search there. So for people who are not in the Orange County area or surrounding, which that's, that's our area is Orange County and surrounding. My family's in Redlands. So I go into the Inland Empire a little bit as well. Um, I'll go in a little bit into LA County. Uh, all depends on my employees and, and how far they want to drive. Mm -hmm. And um, also, we're, we're happy to refer or to help people find somebody else. Often we'll do a, um, a one-sided move. Like, um, 
for instance, I had a client that was moving up to the Seattle area. And well, myself and my team did the, the downsizing and the packing for her and arranging for the movers. We then contacted another NASA member up in the Seattle area and they did the unpack and we coordinated. I sent pictures of her style, how she liked things and some specific requests that she had of where to put things. And um, they had it all unpacked when she got there. And it, it turned out very nice. It started off with my kids are moving me into a closet. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and because it was a, a studio apartment. Mm-hmm. And um, when she saw it, though, I got a text back from from her. It's darling. Oh, that's <laughs> so a good start. From yeah. a closet to it's darling. I think we did okay. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's excellent. So just to be clear, you guys don't do any of the heavy lifting. You do the packing and the sorting and you leave the heavy lifting up to the guys because you're a bunch of gals. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So okay, basically, not to be we pack the boxes mm-hmm. and we'll shuffle the boxes around a little bit uh, for people and make... Uh, make them to where they're, they're not in their way. We definitely don't want the boxes to be tripping hazards or anything in that those days between the, the packing and the actual move day. Mm-hmm. So we make sure that they're out of, out of their pathways and such. And, but we leave the, the loading of the, the truck or the pod or whatever they're doing. We leave that and the, the furniture moving to the guys. We believe in letting the experts do what they do. Right, right. But you were telling me too, that if somebody needed you to coordinate the movers, you could do that, but, but you also could just be coming in doing that one part. Absolutely. We're very flexible. We're a very small company. So we're very flexible and um, in, any or all of our services. And we like to tell people also, um, if we don't do it ourselves, we usually know somebody who does. Mm. So we're mm. really good about referrals yeah. Uh, we f- refer out to uh, placement specialists, estate sales, realtors, movers. Uh, okay. And sometimes uh, handymen, you know, whatever, whatever they need in this process. Yeah. Oh, you're a good resource. And that, those are the things that people are always struggling to, you don't want to just get any old person. You don't know who you're right. just, so you have some vetted people that you feel comfortable with then. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. So when you, um, have you ever come across a situation where the person died or they're, you know, in in a facility, they're not coming back and they have an apartment full of of stuff and there's really no relatives or anything like that. Like I was always curious, like what the landlord does in a situation like that. Do you happen to know? I know I didn't ask you this ahead of time. So if you don't, (laughs) it's okay. That's okay. Um, Well, we had a situation that was close to that, the closest family member was like a second cousin. And uh, the, the resident was still living, but in a facility and not expected to come home. And mm-hmm. so that second cousin and his wife needed to sell her place and get it ready to um, to, to be sold and get it ready for the, the realtor so they could help pay for her continued care. Mm-hmm. And yes, that was a situation where um, we were involved with the, 
sorting of things and a lot of the stuff that there were some potentially great memorabilia for family, but there wasn't family that um, still cared about it. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I ended up bringing in um, an estate sale person who was able to sell some of the items and it wasn't like a full-blown estate sale, but uh, she consigned things, some, bought some things outright, consigned some others and sent the family a check and got the items to somebody who appreciated them. There were a few military memorabilia and which was nice that since the family didn't have a connection to it anymore, right. what little family was left, right. that it at least got to a, a collector of militaria. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, that's good. I just always was curious about that. And, you know, I thought maybe you would have yeah. had an issue or you know, somebody contact. Sometimes the realtors call us in mm-hmm. for that type of purpose of, there, there has to be some way that they, that the family or the landlord or somebody contacts a realtor mm-hmm. to sell the place. Right. And those are realtors are actually our biggest referral sources because people know to call a realtor when they need to uh, right. move or otherwise uh, sell mm-hmm. a place. Mm-hmm. And then the more realtors that know about our services, the easier mm-hmm. it is to get this type of thing yeah. done. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so are you guys um, bonded or what? Yes. You, you're bonded. Yeah. Cause you're potentially, I'm sure you've run into stacks of money or coins or very, very valuable things. Yes. We had one case where the realtor had brought us in and we're paying for our services for a weekend. Mm-hmm. And that's all that they were willing to pay for or that the family could afford. Mm-hmm. And my ladies kept finding cash oh and <laughs> they were, they, they were able to extend their time working for this family because they kept finding money to pay for our services. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's family. a good story. Yeah. yeah. It was several thousand dollars that they ended up finding in the end. And yeah. so the, the family was, Oh, cool. You found more money. You can stay longer. <laughs> wow. Yeah, absolutely. So do you find like uh, hiding places in, I want to say like in books and in, cl- and in what, in, in pockets yeah. and what's the strangest oh, yeah. place? You know, I, I just, what somebody said that their grandmother left uh, her diamond ring in a sugar bowl. And I'm like, how would you know that? Like, you're going to go through the sugar, you just throw it out, right? When you're going through the kitchen, you're right. throwing out all the spices and everything. She goes, oh, well, he, she um, she did have like a memory issue, but the dad, her son, I mean, we're talking, the, the woman I'm talking to is 80 yeah. now. So, you know, you right. can only imagine how long ago this was. But the son, which was which was her dad, would ask his mother, hey, mom, where's where's your wedding ring? And she couldn't answer, couldn't answer, couldn't. All of a sudden, one day she goes, oh, it's in the sugar bowl. Like this was after asking her several times because yeah. he knew it was somewhere. He just didn't know where. And then eventually she said it's in the sugar bowl. And it was, it was in the sugar bowl. So what's the strangest place you've ever come across things? You have one? Um, I don't think as strange as the sugar bowl. Okay. Um, that's, a, <laughs> that's a unique one. I'll have, my mother's wedding rings are missing. I'll have to look in the sugar bowl. <laughs> she doesn't have a sugar bowl. Okay. But... <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it's a challenge. Um, can't think of anything, any particular 
in particularly more interesting than a sugar bowl though. Mm -hmm. But um, mm -hmm. What about I the freezer? Isn't the freezer like a place where people tend to want to keep some valuables? Yes, yes. Yeah. There sometimes the the freezer is a um, is a place where people will keep things. Um, I've had other things uh, kept in freezers, but uh, that's <laughs> that's a different story. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, we we ran across uh, a family that um, they didn't have a backyard to bury the pets. Oh. passed away and so they put it in the garage refrigerator oh refrigerator or freezer freezer sorry oh and um they'd forgotten about it until it came to to move oh. it so that was one of my weirdest uh that one takes the cake i have to say yeah 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 but we roll with it when we find odd things like this we just roll with it yeah yeah oh my gosh Wow, every day got to be a, a different day. It's not like Groundhog Day for you, for sure. Yeah, it's it's definitely a, a unique experience and um, and and fun yeah. and fun. We we get an appreciation for other people's styles, even though they're not necessarily our styles. We can still say, "Oh, hey, that's a that's a really pretty um, piece of whatever," uh, because we've come across just so many things and yeah it's yeah. it's very entertaining and oh you know that that's my sister's dish pattern that's fun you know yeah exactly do you find in the older generation um a lot of quilts like knitted crocheted quilts and things of that sort of handmade a lot of handmade things it just it just yes. breaks your heart to nobody wants them you know what, what do you do with those kinds of things well actually, nursing homes or something or i i do have a um an estate sale gal um, that her daughter specializes in uh, selling quilts and and knitted afghans and things at, at swap meets. So I can I, I can nice. give them to a new home to people who appreciate them. You know, you're a great resource because I never would have thought like, oh, somebody knows somebody that sells handmade quilts. Yeah. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Who knows? You think like, oh, dang, because I, you know, I feel so bad. My mom, my mom was of that generation. She was born in 1919. Um, and she taught me how to sew and crochet and knit. And so, you know, I made, I knitted and crocheted those. Remember those squares that you didn't, made millions of squares and then yes. you, they got sewed together. I have a big quilt like that. Like who wants that? None of my kids think it's cool or nice or they don't, they don't value it. Like the yeah. fact that there was probably hundreds of hours I don't even know how many hundred you know a long time to put it together right and it was a big project and it was something that I was very proud of at the time uh, and you would think just because of that they would want it but nah, they're not that interested so yeah the the, the next generation tends to be minimalist mm -hmm. and that's that's good because mm -hmm. we're not going to be dealing with uh, uh, clearing mm -hmm. out decades worth of stuff for them right but they also like i i reminded my nephew that um just because you're a minimalist it's uh not for everyone mm -hmm. and it's okay that your parents and your grandparents want to keep a few things right. and maybe look at when they're offering you something and look at it not only at do you really want it but will it make them feel better if you kept it for a while? 
Yeah, that's a good point. You know, you, you sometimes you do have to sacrifice yourself for the for the feelings of of your elders so that they can feel appreciated and you know down the road you can do what you want with it but for the meantime um it's not that big of a sacrifice right to graciously accept something that's being offered and exactly yeah, but it's better if they really want it mm-hmm. and one of the fun things i had a client that uh coined a phrase that i use all the time now when i when i do my talks on downsizing and such um they had what they called a drink and pick. They invited their friends and family over, gave them a glass of wine or a cup of tea (laughs) and a post-it notepad and a pen. And they got to walk around their house and put their name on anything they liked. That didn't mean they were necessarily going to get it. Right. But it was fun for them to... Uh, find out what their friends and family liked of their things. Right. And as they were making decisions for about downsizing, um, hey, Aunt Susie likes this thing. Give it to her. Right. I don't care. Right. I don't care about it. It's not <clears throat> important to me. So um, I, I encourage things like that because not only does it clear out your liquor cabinet, um, as you're downsizing or, uh, or your tea cupboard. Uh, but it also encourages people to get involved with your friends and family to get involved with the downsizing process. And it's a fun thing to do. I told them, Hey, if you get two people or more with their names on one item, you can start a bidding war. (laughs) And it doesn't have to be money. It can be a dozen home baked cookies uh-huh. or a couple hours of my time helping you sort or something like that. And it's become kind of a game mm-hmm. and like rather that. fun, a rather fun idea that, uh, that came from a client. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. There's so many things you can do to make things a little more enjoyable, right? Cause this, I think that's why people just put it off. It just seems like so daunting. And I, and I know, you know, because my, um, I was researching a name for my pod, I mean, my uh, Facebook group. And do you know the, the, the word organizing is so popular and it has a lot to do with that Marie Kondo's program. Yes. Apparently it got it, people want to be organized. They really do. It's a thing that they aspire to have is being organized. And I always say I'll be organized the day I die because <laughs> I won't have to do it. But, you know, you can actually do you can actually do some things to help it along. Right. And so right now, spring cleaning, Mm -hmm. I know I'm getting the bug. I just, I feel like I really want to see some open space. So I really appreciate you coming on today. It's kind of inspired me a little bit more and (laughs) and hear that, you know, there's, there's people really doing that every day out there to help others to get their stuff sorted through and everything doesn't end up in the dumpster and things are being reused and, and the right people are, ending up with the things uh, in many cases. So appreciate and it's helping the next generation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's yeah. Not. I really appreciate you taking the time today. I know you're super busy. I know we've, we've tried to do this a, a few different times, but you know, your, your schedule didn't allow it. So I really appreciate it today that you made it on and cool. anybody interested pack my parents, easy to find, you just Google it. Um, 
Sherilyn Peters, thank you so much. And I wanted just to remind everyone, I always do at the end of the show, to go on to my website, www.gotittogethernow.com and take a look at the program. It's the online course, the emergency info file. And it's really designed so that if you should become ill, if you should have an accident or ultimately when you pass away, then your family has everything. It's just not going to be a free-for-all and a fighting chaotic mess. Uh, it'll be very organized and you will have done your part to leave a stress-free legacy. And that's what we're trying to, to maybe emphasize every single time on this podcast. So thanks for listening. We'll see you next time and stay well and bye for now. Thank you. Take care. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Legacy Therapy Podcast. If we hit it out of the park today and you learned at least one new thing to take action on in your own quest to planning the best legacy possible, then be sure to tell your friends, subscribe, and rate and review wherever you get your podcast. The show notes will provide the sites and information that were discussed today. You can get more great tips, resources, and inspiration by visiting our website, legacytherapypodcast.com. Dot com.